so West Virginia commonplace. Um, out on the road today, so I was like, man, I might as well just do a little podcast because I do these little introspective, retrospective, whatever perspective podcast I'm gonna do. And um, not changing up my tone, gonna go with my normal thing. Threw a little razzle dazzle at the beginning right there with the words. Um, the thing I'm gonna talk about today is emotional investments. Um, how many times in life do we do that to ourselves? These emotional investments that don't turn out right. And I ain't no life coach. I ain't know this or that. I'm just saying in general, like, I know I found in my, my lifetime at least maybe four major times, because we always get emotionally invested in everything we do to a degree, but like four times in life that I got emotionally invested, and luckily one's turned out good now, but the other three just turned out really, really bad. Like, I don't know what I was doing out here, because... I'm from a generation, you know, I was born in 1985, so we're still part of that old generation, new generation, you gotta learn though, um, and you know, my time, we were still writing letters and stuff, and, you know, we were still, uh, making, listening cassette tapes, CDs that just came out, or was big then, you know what I'm saying, but like, how the thing, how the things went for me is, you know, I started out here, probably like 1989, I wanna say, in uh, 1990, probably like first year of uh, kindergarten, I ended up going to transitional first grade, right? And um, I met this girl, her name was Brandy, um, God rest her soul, because she's actually gone. And um, she told me, she was like, man, there's something about you. Um, you got this this thing going on. And you know, someone tell you this at a young age, I was, I've always been kind of wise. I, I had a big head, so when I was in school, they used to call me Yoda, because I was kind of knowledgeable, you know, and I've always, sorry, my car went beep, 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 beep. It's supposed to be ice out there, but I was always kind of knowledgeable about things. And I don't know, the way that my mother and father raised me, we was raised with love in the house. And, and I understand that a lot of people live in houses and homes and, and don't really have that kind of love. But, you know, I could genuinely tell that my mother and father loved each other. You know, they, they expressed that. It wasn't no hidden secret. So I assumed that kind of position with whatever or whomever I was dating or, or tr- trying to pursue, even at, at a young age, if I liked you, you know, I um, would get emotionally invested, and I don't know if that was a good thing, but I, I figured it, it turned out to be a great story and a great experience, because when I was younger, I would just, you know, be like, man, I like this this, this young lady, whoever her name is, and, I, you know, I wouldn't, wasn't nothing crazy back then, because you're a child, and, you know, I would just play on them cues, I would throw out overtures, and, and I would tell you know, this friend or that friend, man, I like this girl, can you let her know? I was never direct about it when I was young, very indirect, and then, you know, at that time, the coolest thing was, was to get the telephone number, and I'll never forget, the uh, first phone number I got, it was a 434-821-10, I think it was like 1040, something like that, one of them, something like that, that was the number, don't call that number now, because that's probably somebody else's number, and uh, the young lady put it on a little piece of paper, you know, back in my time, we was doing check boxes. Do you like me? Do you not? And at that point, you know, and like I hadn't gone through rejection, so I didn't know what rejection was like. And she told me yes in the box. And you know, we got on the phone, and I've always been a conversationalist. I talked to her, and I ain't gonna mention her name for story's sake, but I'm just telling the story. And we just hit it off, and that's where I built my intimacy. Like, and, and that's where I got deeper emotionally invested in things, because. 
I was the type of person, and I still am to this day with my girlfriend, Stacy. Um, I like to know your interests. I like to find out what's going on with you. Um, things that interest you. I don't necessarily say very much about what's going on with me. Because you can see the outside, if you're around me, either in a relationship or just a friend. You can see what I like by just being around me. Because everything I do is pretty much an open book like that. But um, back then with this story, when I was in elementary school... This was like third or fourth grade. We had went to Monticello to see uh, Thomas Jefferson's, uh, one of his estates. And um, I was up there having a good old time, you know. Nothing was was uh, messing with me. Uh, you couldn't tell me nothing. Uh, with me, I was just so involved. And um, crazy thing about the story, this person, and even she'll know it to this date. Um, you know, that was one in relationship. She just moved away. And we never picked up the pieces. I seen her when I went to Fun Quest and different things like that later on in life. Fun Quest was the skating ring where I was from. And, um, I don't know. After that, I went on to 5th grade, 5th, 6th, 7th grade, and 8th grade. Um, I dated one girl for, like, years during, during school. I had them, I had that Corey and Topanga thing going on early on in life. So, from there, I, did, I learned, you know, what you do to keep a relationship going, communication. I learned all this old man stuff. When I'm like 12 and 13, just because I immersed myself in it. Everybody else might have been out here working on a jump shot. I already was, was enacted with the wrestling skill and whatever skill I was going to get. So, um, there won't no uh, difference for me. There won't nothing that was going to change for me on that level. So, I already knew from the get-go what I was going to do there. But, you know, I had this relationship and it went on and, you know... Even at a young age, we, you know, I got deeply involved in other people's stuff. Uh, we used to get on the telephone and have these conversations. They were, get pe older people call it the party line then. But it was just a normal three-way conversation for me. And it was probably the most amazing thing that I could have going on, you know, because nobody had these three-way conversations going, you know. So we would have this thing called the mad three-way. We would have nine people on the three-way, or if we could get more than that, we would. Um, I think normally we, we would lash out and have about 12, but everybody had a three-way except the last person. The last person was always probably the most, uh, you know, heavily, deeply uh, rooty person in all this gossip. And um, in between this time, um, that lengthy relationship I had, we broke up. She went on in life and did whatever she was going to do. But I was deeply invested in her, you know, with them emotions once again. And I wondered about her for a long time, and then, you know, some point it just came to a point where like she just ignored me took me out of outer you know took me out of uh existence so i was like man you know and then just like anybody else you're young you know you just move on whatever just keep going with it and roll nothing crazy nothing um that's gonna stop me from living my best life and i uh, got to high school and that's when i started this whole traveling thing i, I started going to different places and different high schools and I would meet different girls, uh, you know, with, with the sports and everything, and with my sister, because my sister was in the marching band, she was a drum major, so I met a lot of people, and like I said, once again, I have this little natural thing that goes with me, like, once you start talking to me, you know, we're going to be friends forever, it ain't no, no changing this and that, just because, um, you know, we're not dating no more, or anything like that, so... I got deeply invested with people, so I would write letters to people that lived far away, because back then, you know, we had the uh, AOL Instant Messenger, and I met people on there, which is crazy, Now I was probably talking to adults, which is probably even weirder, but 
you know, all kinds of stuff happened then, so you just kind of go with the flow. And anyway, so we roll around high school, we go through high school, we graduate high school, and then, you know, you get out here, first year or two, you're out of high school and stuff, you know, you, you still got friends, but you kind of disappear from friends, so I'm one of these nostalgic people. I'm going to um, test drive and try things that I probably went to high school with. And when I say that test drive and try things, I mean date somebody that I probably went to high school with that I liked. But I just didn't have the opportunity because the time wasn't right. And I wasn't, you know, single. So I wasn't out there doing anything crazy. So I got uh, emotionally invested once again. And I got out here, dated somebody. Probably wasn't the best way to start dating someone and it ended the same way it started lesson learned and you know that's how we keep going on but once again um at this younger age i was investing way too much emotion into things that i couldn't control and i guess that's the part of maturity when you get older so danced around a little bit uh in life got into my 20s got out here met a young lady uh, and never, you, you never think that you're going to be passing time with somebody, but me and her ended up passing time, uh, got a son out of that. And, you know, after you pass the time, you kind of like me and I was emotionally invested there. And, uh, that was the first relationship that I could actually, you know, be like, Hey, I actually took back my investment. You know, I, I, that one, I took my investment back and I was, you know, golden there. And, um, the next two go-rounds, I was, once again, emotionally invested here and there. One of them, uh, I took the most the emotional investment out of that one. And uh, luckily, I was able to recover it later on down the road. And one I lost. Um, we won't publicize that too much. Everybody knows if you're in my, my circle, you know what happened to me there. And now, I'm emotionally invested again. And me and this lady, she is able to go everywhere I want to go, do what I want to do. And that's the type of emotional investment I want, you know. I wanted to, 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 to go more detail with this, and this emotionally in investment thing with, with my audience like this. It's crazy how much emotion we give and we invest in someone, all for it to flutter and to disappear. If my younger self knew what my older self knew now, I probably wouldn't have invested so much time into all these failed relationships. Yeah, I know the motto, learn me or, or I'm a lesson. I didn't learn that until maybe like six years ago. And I'm 35 now. And I'm like, man, why did it take me so long to know that? And you know, you got all these wise people, but all the wise people I've talked to never talk about emotionally investing in yourself. I get all this good talk about this and that. And, it, and the reason that this topic even came up is because a life coach came to me and um, she is uh, overseas. And I talk to lots of life coaches and a lot of people that specialize in emotions, feelings, and all that other stuff. And she asked me how much do I emotionally invest in anything I do. And I told her a, a crazy amount of money I do. I invest $10.47 into anything I'm emotionally invested in nowadays. And me breaking that down for you all is very simple. I used to put a $100 in. 
and I will come back with nothing. I put that 1047 in, and, I, and I've gained a profit. I, I get a profit now. Um, and yeah, I'm no psychologist, psychiatrist, or anything like that, but putting in a full investment on something these days, emotionally-wise, is not something that I'm going to do. And um, just inside these podcasts, like when I did uh, the one little episode about what was going on with me, um, I know that my show's going to a certain amount of audience, but I didn't know that you guys really liked to hear about me. So, anyway, with uh, emotional investments, I found that I had to make tiers and certain levels of involvement for me to get emotionally invested in things. And in doing so, I don't save myself from any heartache or anything like that, but I've saved myself a little bit of grief of like, man, I shouldn't have done that. And I don't know, like, it, it, now where I'm older and a little bit wiser, I think, or just with experience, let's not put age into consideration. This is like my life, I enjoy my life now. Um, everything works out the way that I want it to because, you know, I took that one thing. Emotional investment. I seen if the same interest was emotionally invested in me. Once I seen that it was the same, I didn't duplicate or replicate. I just put the same energy forward. And I thank you all for listening. Uh, West Virginia and Commonplace. Uh, it's been a really great podcast. And I like all my guests and everything that's going on there. I hope uh, to keep going forward. Like I said, I've been pumping out these episodes and all this other stuff. And, I, and I'm just glad that you guys take the time to just listen. That, that makes life a whole lot easier um, on me because I don't have to find ways to promote heavy to the crowd anymore because people like the shows they like and, they, and the shows that they don't like, they don't listen to. And uh, that works out good for everyone. So if I have any uh, people in the background that could be guests or anybody that wants to come back on the show or anybody that wants to be on the show, I am open to taking time to put you on the show. Once again, thank you, West Virginia and Commonplace, and I am signing off.